Greetings, everyone, and welcome to another serving of Business Soup Talk Radio. If it's in business, it's Business Soup. I'm your host, John Dibbavoise. Today, we're going to follow one of the charging leaders in social media marketing. That's Marty McDonald of Bad Rhino Marketing. We're going to be talking to him about what it means to use an agency to effectively market yourself through social media. We're going to learn about organic versus paid marketing, how you can work within the pandemic and when we come out of it. Marty McDonald from Bad Rhino is serving up some of the best ingredients in full-service social media marketing right here at the table on Business Soup. Marty, welcome to this serving of Business Soup. Awesome. I'm really happy to be here and I'm excited to chat with you. Well, you are an expert in the arena of, and I say arena because I've been going in circles all my life, in the arena of social media marketing. What does it mean, as you claim to be, a full-service social media marketing agency? That's a mouthful, but what does it mean? So it really means like all things digital. You know, when we started 10 years ago, we started out as social media focus, which we still are. But what does social media mean in 2020 versus 2010? That's the internet became social media, social media became the internet, all sorts of things. And where we've always fit in is listening to our clients, understanding how they wanted to be presented on social media or any other digital platform, and developing a plan to actually make that work and actually get tangible results for them. So it's changed over the years. We've always kept it as a full service agency and led with social media because we do things now like SEO, web design, email marketing, media buys, everything that you can think of, even video and photography and design work for our clients. So it's become a full service agency and we lead with social media. As you started out in 2010, you were indicated, it has grown into the foremost of promotion. It also levels the playing field for small businesses. And I know you work with a lot of small businesses to get the product into a visualization along with the big boys. What is the importance of that social media presence and how do I go about starting it? So I think you know, leveling the playing field, you can start to get reach and start to be in people's news feeds easier with social media, um, especially when we first started. Now, I mean, there's a challenge and there's a mix to it. But I think the overall piece to putting something together for any business, and especially a small business, is to understand where your consumer is. And you're saying, okay, we're going to do it Facebook and Instagram. All right. So your market's there. Then taking something, their message, their product, their service, their restaurant, their beer, their golf products, whatever it might be, and putting it in a way that gives them a little bit of personality. You got to cut through the noise. I mean, everybody and their brother and every business is on social media. So you got to make it stand out. So there's going to be some basics that follow your brand guidelines. And then you're going to test some things that might be a little quirky, but represents your business appropriately, that will draw some attention to it. And I think those are the first steps of developing that so that you can come up with a plan and then get something from that. What do you get? Well, the first thing is you're going to get vanity things. That's a like, a comment, a share. But ultimately, you want to get them someplace, that customer or potential client, someplace where they can purchase something, whether that's walking in a place or buying something online and slowly move them into you know, where you can communicate them one-on-one, whether it's text, email, or even you know paid ads or a webinar. There's a lot of things that you can do from there, but starting out is creating that presence so that people know who you are and that they see who you are and what you sell or what your service is. 
So you put a message out there. Should there be a call to action and should it be something to go here and see more or is it buy now? Well, there's a couple of different ways. There's always buy now. I mean, you can just jump right into it, but always look at it from like a, a sales funnel perspective. And that sales funnel, quote unquote, is changing, you know, what it is and what people think of it. Um, but ultimately, it always comes down to those fundamentals that have been tried and true over hundreds of years. The first thing is you have to let them know that you exist. So maybe you're not going to buy now right away. You need them to learn more information. So that's like the top of funnel where you're getting the interest going, oh, that looks like a neat gadget or oh, that looks like something I want or hey, I want to try that place or their food or whatever it might be. Then from there, it's like, well, check out our menu, just keeping it simple. So that's where you're going to learn more, right? And then ultimately is you want to get them into a spot like make a reservation. Some of those things are very simple. Some of them are a little bit more difficult in that your consumer needs to be more educated. So food and and other things are, are relatively easy. But at the same time, a complex product in today's age, you might need to educate them because consumers are way more savvy than they used to be. You can't just get them to click buy now right away. They're going to be like eh, a little turned off by that. So you have to warm them up a little bit. And if you do have a complex product where it needs to be brought in there and educate the consumer about what your product does and how it would service their needs, you have to educate educate them through that sales funnel and through that process. So each post, yes, needs a call to action, but every time it's going to be a little bit different. And that's why you need to actually design a plan, not just post and pray. Post and pray. It's like, uh, you know, spray and pray. Uh, <laughs> exactly. So when you come up with a plan, it's not just one target. You're coming up with three different targets because why? You just don't know what's going to trip their trigger, so to say? Well, I mean, it's all in testing. We've had stuff that you you launched and you're testing out like three or four different pieces of content or three or four different ads and you're getting results with one that maybe you thought you might or maybe you didn't. But you're not necessarily targeting three different things. You're testing those three different things against each other to see what's going to work best and ultimately result in a sale. I mean, like I said earlier, vanity likes and comments and shares, they're great and all, but ultimately, if it doesn't lead to what you truly view as a success, as in, you know, making a sale, it, you know, it's going to become marketing with just, again, a post and pray type thing. And hey, we got a bunch of likes on this. That doesn't necessarily mean anything. Right. You want to have an engagement. So is it, let's use the restaurant industry as an example. Is it best to do the traditional, like the old coupon days that you'd get in the mail that was expensive and took <laughs> a lot of planning? It's the twofer. Come in and buy an, a meal of at least this value and get the second one at equal or lesser value for free or a 20% off. That's an expensive, takes a lot of planning, but with social media marketing and Facebook, you can really target that down. Do you find that there's a best formula for the restaurant to push people to the website to do the orders, which is now strictly takeout out here on the West Coast? Discounts are important to a certain degree, but if you want to be known as the discount restaurant, that's not necessarily the way you want to go about it. I think in the current situation we're in, making some sort of offer is smart and people are a little bit, I don't want to say that they're worried about it. If you're going to go pick up something out and do all that, you're probably not worried about where your food budget is at the moment. And right. I think there you also as a restaurateur, you have to make sure that you're meeting your needs, especially in what the current situation is, right? So just throwing out discounts out there really just kind of cheapens your brand. 
But if you're the cheap brand, that could work very well for you. So you need to make sure that you understand what your restaurant is all about before you just dive into social media and start throwing coupons out there. Well, in the world of survival and what restaurants are in right now in the shutdowns, kind of like a Taco Tuesday, which is very popular, they could throw in something else, delivery, $1 delivery or, or something like that. They, they can be all creative. Yeah, you can always have add-ons and create value and things like that. That's for sure. I think what you have to be cautious of is having deep discounts just to get a sale. Right. Because that can fly around on social media really fast. And I've seen a lot of small businesses do that as like, hey, we're just new in town and we're going to do this. And we make an offer like that. And they quickly find out like they lost a ton of money doing that. They spend a dollar and get a dime. Exactly. You promote yourself as being transparent, and that's what you like to do with your customers. What does that mean to be transparent between you and I and the customer? I've been doing this for, in one way, shape, or form for 18 years, and marketing has that gray area over it. You know, like, oh, well, you're going to throw out a bunch of buzzwords and we're getting some results, but we don't quite understand where the results are coming from. When we started Bad Rhino, my big thing was always let's educate first, you know, no matter what. And when we were first getting our feet wet, so to speak, and getting new clients, we spent a lot of time, Chamber of Commerce and other events speaking, and sometimes to 100 people, sometimes to 1,000 people, sometimes to two people. But we always led with the education piece. And what we found was people came right back to us all the time. It was easy because like no one's ever explained this to us, but yeah, we want to learn more. And they turned into leads. And we've always taken that tact because there's a lot of funky stuff that goes on in digital marketing and social media. People see and they're like, should I do this? And it's like, no, 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 don't do that, even though it looks cool. But that may not get results for your business. And being transparent is showing them why we're doing something, how we're going to do it, and showing them everything behind the scenes. Like, hey, we're going to run this ad and we're going to put it right up against another ad. And then we're going to show you these results and why it's working for you. You may not see it because it's not ending in sales right away, but this is step one. Do you understand like where we're coming from and being transparent about it? Then we're moving into step two. And in step two, you're going to see whatever that next step might be for that particular client. And always being available either, you know, my entire team, I always tell them, look, you need to be available for clients to answer the questions. You know, some of them, you can send them an, an email with a video response. Sometimes you're going to have to jump on a call, but it's very important at Bad Rhino, whenever we're talking about anything digital marketing, that we're telling them how it's working. Because where we found too is five years in, six years in, seven years in, wherever we did lose a client, it was because like they didn't understand what we were doing. And it just reinforced that we, we started the whole company about was education. And we've always come back to that and knock on wood, you know, we have a very good retention rate and we work with our clients a long time. And I really think it's because of that transparency. And if they have a question about how something's working or more importantly, their CEO or CFO is wondering what's going on, we can talk to them about where they're spending their money and how it's bringing an ROI as well. Most of us in, in business and in social media presence, the first thing we do is we get ourselves on a personal Facebook page. I'm speaking from experience. Now that we have grown or morphed into this more of a business presence, I'm a business owner. What is the importance of Facebook and LinkedIn and how should it differ from my business to my personal? Should they blend or should they be completely different? That's a great question. I think there's different things 
that you can do with each one of those things that you listed, right? And what you're seeing, especially now in 2020, is you're seeing more of a mix. You see some personal things on LinkedIn that you've never seen before. You're seeing some more, I'm going to call them emotional, but just like caring type things where people are just sharing different information than they normally would. And that was a trend that was already started, but it's really been moving up. But I mean, the rule of thumb is Facebook has always been a, a spot on a personal page where you know, you're sharing different pictures or life events and kind of the basics there. You can mix in a little bit of business or a little bit of business success. But really, I mean, the, the fuel behind it is if you do have a really robust Facebook business page, you can put ad dollars behind it. You can start to track things. You can target people that might be in your core audience that you want to reach, customers, current clients, everything. And you can start to develop that as a business hub for leads and sales and educate them as well on what you do where your personal page can be your picture of your, your kids or grandkids or nieces, nephews, and the last time you went on vacation. Then on LinkedIn, it's always been business. But like I said, like certain things have been creeping into LinkedIn where it's a little bit more of, you know, a little bit more personal than it is 100% business. And to me, it's just being 100% honest in who you are and what you represent. So if you own a company, you know, you're a business owner, you know, and you might not share as many personal things, but you might share more business posts, but you really shouldn't gauge any big wins off your personal Facebook page, but you can measure LinkedIn and your Facebook business page, if that makes any sense. You can measure those, whereas your personal page, you can't really measure too much on. You can get insights on LinkedIn and Facebook Business Manager for your business page, and that will help you drive business. And you can actually use that as something that could potentially produce an ROI. So as far as the personal presentation versus my business presentation, it's not as important to have that blend. If I'm doing business with, say, you, and then I go over to your personal site, what if I don't agree with some of your personal beliefs or things that you do? I'm a big fan of um, if you're going to put it out there, you know, it's going to be seen by everybody. So if you're afraid to say it in public or to somebody's face, then you probably don't want to say it online. And if you <laughs> do the other side where you want to push stuff out there and you want to say something or stand on your own soapbox, then you got to be prepared for the backlash and everything that comes along with it. I mean, take some personal responsibility. You can't just post something and think it's going to be in a vacuum, which most people do. And you see a lot of it. I mean, I see a lot of young people and young professionals do that, and then they don't realize the repercussions of it. Some of it because it's inexperience, and some of it is just because, well, I mean, if you stood out in the middle of the hallway at work and screamed the same stuff that you're screaming on social media, do you think they wouldn't fire you? Just because it's not right. It's not appropriate at that time. You're there on corporate business or whatever. So, you know, I think a lot of people don't stop and think before they post. And I think if you're worried about any of the things that you just asked this question about is maybe you should think before you post it. I grew up with my mother and my father telling me, don't ever do or say anything that you have to explain from the front page of the newspaper. <laughs> exactly. When it happens, it becomes public knowledge. And I grew up in the age of no social media, and I'm fortunate for that. But it now happens live. And don't say it or do it, as you just pointed out, publicly, if you are concerned that it may cause a backlash. If you own a business and you're an avid hunter and you're in a business and then somebody goes, well, I like that business. But then they go over and say, well, heck, he's a, an avid hunter. And I, I don't agree with that. I'm a vegan. You're going to lose quite possibly that person. And that's, in my opinion, OK. Well, because then the vegan should go somewhere where they feel comfortable. But 
if I'm going to post those things, you have to be mindful of where you're at. The reason my company name is Bad Rhino is the same way I want people to just understand, you know, that we are going to be transparent, that we're all going to do things a little bit different. And if you don't like that, then you maybe don't hire a company called Bad Rhino. <laughs> um, it's not that we're doing anything bad. It's just that it sounds better than Marty and Rich's marketing place. And I think, you know, people get bent out of shape when they think about that. And I think to me is like, maybe you're an insurance agent, Okay. And you do post the hunting thing and you lose two vegan clients, but you gain 2,700 clients. Okay. Right. There's a trade-off <laughs> in everything. Absolutely. So be prepared to deal with whatever you have on your personal page could meld over into your business page. 100%. So the name Bad Rhino, that caught my attention. What's so good about a bad rhino as opposed to a good rhino? Where did that come from? At first, I was a little apprehensive going, huh? That could be kind of odd. Will somebody kind of look at it a little bit different? And then I was thinking, well, I want them to look at it a little bit different. And I said, I want them to base it off the value of the work that we do and make sure that they understand that what we're standing behind is the work, not necessarily the name of the company or whatever. And that really worked out well. I wanted somebody to go, hey, I like these guys. I like what they do. I like their team and everybody that's on it. Had some great conversations. Here's their proposal. And they would be willing to present it in front of any company anywhere. And even though the name was Bad Rhino. And then we developed some fun stuff around the rhinos. And we adopt rhinos. And we do stuff like that. So it's become a whole brand and a thing in and of itself at times. But the name stuck. And it, it always has the one main thing of why I kept it. People ask about it every time they talk to us. They meet sure. with us or we're doing interviews like this. Moving along into our business audience of small business owners and entrepreneurs, there's the old school method of business. There's print, there's radio, there's television. And now when you combine them all, it's, there's a new term that I learned recently called tradigital, traditional and digital. <laughs> and I had to look that one up when it was used on my show. How important is it to continue to present yourself with a business in the old school, the print, the radio, the television, along with social media presentations? The big thing there is first time I meet with somebody, I ask them, what have they been currently doing for marketing? And even in 2020, I have, um, this just happened again. It's happened multiple times, but it just happened again. About three weeks ago, I had a um, medical professional as a dentist and they were looking to relaunch a bunch of their campaigns. And they were, you know, we want to do this. We want to do that. We want to get into digital. And I just said, well, hold on a minute. Like what's been working for you? You know, you have four practices that are a million dollars a year in revenue. You want to relaunch this fifth one that's just a slightly underneath that million dollar mark. And what's going on? Like, what's got you thinking about this? And they're like, well, we always do this print ad and that brings in all our money for the year. We do it December, January and February. And that's when we find it works. And I was like, well, has it stopped working? And they're like, no. And I'm like, well, why would you stop? hundred percent. Like, I don't, I agree with you trying to look at different avenues, but go ahead and, you know, why don't you run that ad, you know, stay there. If it bring you the return, keep doing that until it runs out of steam, you know? And I think that's a lot of times now, I would say, especially more so 2018, 2019, and now coming through the end of 2020, where all that traditional stuff is dying out. There's no doubt. It's not really working as well, but radio still performs, TV still performs, print still performs. It's just knowing what the audience is, but 
what I've always viewed digital and social media, especially when it first started, was the glue between that, where you get the conversation started, where you might send out a print piece that directs somebody to their website. Well, you can then retarget them so that if they log in anywhere, you can target them wherever they go. And now you have an omnipresence with your marketing plan. But all those things do work and it's always changing. It's always going to change. I think recently it's just been the changes have been so fast. I do think print is finally starting in its last throes, but it also works if it's highly targeted still, i.e. you're sending it only to doctors or you're only sending it to lawyers and not trying to pick on doctors and lawyers there, but oh, please it still do. does work, I, I, right? I, especially <laughs> the lawyers. I pick on them all the time. But, but with social media, you are able to do a rifle shot, literally, at the audience that you want. You're 100% correct. And digital should go over top of all of it and tie it all together. We're talking with Marty McDonald. He is from Bad Rhino about social media marketing. He's the co-founder of the Bad Rhino Company and its CEO. In this day of pandemic, we have restaurants that they open, they close, they go out of business forever, and they create online and delivery services. What would you say to these restaurants, as you have worked with them in the past, to expand their market? Just doing pickup or delivery is just, some in most cases, doesn't even cover the nut, what it takes to stay in business. What about taking, as I suggested to one of my friends, take one of the products that everybody loves, your sauce, bottle it and sell it. Is that a good route to go? If you have the capabilities, we do a lot of work with restaurants and we do a lot of work with craft beer and they've been hit with this thing pretty hard, right? Not only do they can't operate as normal, but then they have to adhere to all these guidelines. And then as well, people are not going out as more and things like that. So yeah, one thing is that I just spoke about this as well, not all that long ago in a virtual event. And the big thing that we've seen is diversifying your revenue streams. Someone goes, well, I'm a restaurant. I can't just add all this other stuff in. But you saw it. You know, you just rattled them off. Delivery, curbside type takeout, changing their menu. And then do you add something? And if you have the capability to do it, do it. I've seen that idea work for quite a few restaurants where they say, hey, we're doing, they started with actually, of all things, 4th of July. We're doing a 4th of July family pack, you know, four. You know, this is what you need for 4th of July. We're going to prepare it all. You can come pick it up in the morning. And then there you go. You know, you're not selling two $30 meals. You now sold like a $100 package of everything. Your margins are better. People are ordering it so you know what how many to make. You could prepare for it and all that sort of stuff. But yeah, bottling a sauce, you know, having something that's unique. Um, here in PA, you can have to-go cocktails. And we saw people recreate like cocktail menus, you know, and it was great because you could see the ingenuity in there. But people also liked it because they were trying different things and they were tired of just sitting at home with the same old, same old. So, yeah, getting creative like that, if you can um, do it, don't just do it because you think it might make money. Also look at the logistics of it for sure. Well, sure. And if and some of our restaurants of choice out here in the Southern California region, they have some great sauces that as we are forced to eat indoors, sometimes we'll just take a trip to the coast just to pick up their sauces because fresh fish does not always do well in transport to bring it on <laughs> home. And I just in passing said, you ought to bottle this and sell it. Well, wouldn't you know it? They did it. I haven't seen my check, but I'm not expecting it. I think everybody's getting creative these days. And I think you hit the nail on the head is what you can do to keep your business open. Um, I closed the presentation 
not all that long ago and just said, use your social media. And this was to restaurants and craft breweries. And I'm like, but don't forget to sell, you know, don't forget the links that are in there to your website or to your menu that offers more information, gives your customers a chance to learn more about what's going on in your restaurant or brewery. And fun is great and good vibes are great to share. But staying in business is even more fun and it's full of much more great vibes when you're keeping people employed and you're keeping the lights on, so to speak. Absolutely. So I think a lot of those things is where you can get creative, but just don't do it for the sake of doing it. What I mean by that is make sure you do a little testing. You know, I was talking to one of our restaurants and they wanted to do the cocktail thing and they were like, but we don't want to go out and spend all this money on ingredients and alcohol and all this other stuff when we don't really have it. And I was like, well, pre-sell them. I'm like, Saturday 12 to 4 is a long pre-order happy hour. And I'm like, all orders have to be in by Thursday. And I'm like, if you don't get enough orders, then, you know, politely either swap something out or politely change it or give them their money back. But if you do, then you have everything there to move forward. It's just changing a little bit about where you're collecting the money. And they did that and it was great. Now they've been doing them off and on once a month. And it's a great little thing to literally keep the lights on and keep people moving in in their jobs and keeping the restaurant open. I want to move into one of my favorite subjects here, and that's called what I call distribution, which I have said for years that distribution is the most important part of business because without it, you've got nothing. What would you say are the top three ways in which to get your voice out, your image, your product, your service out to the people in the now the traditional digital environment? I think there's a couple of things. So before I just get into like which ones to distribute through, number one is have a plan. Just first off, like don't go into this going, well, I'm just going to do, I heard this guy on a podcast and he has a fancy weird agency name called Bad Rhino. And he said, just create video. That's not where I'm going with this. Have a plan for their content, you know, be able to repurpose it. Okay. So what I would do to get the word out is, Video is huge, huge because people watch it and they connect with it. But you could do a two minute video and out of that two minutes, you know, make sure you have it planned and a little bit scripted, but you know where 15 second clips could go and have an impact. You can know where the 30 second clips could go and have an impact. And you know where the full two minutes needs to go to have an impact. And taking that and putting some ad dollars behind it and or putting some other fancy branding and a push like that can get that noticed and can get it noticed very quickly. We've seen tremendous success on YouTube and Instagram with short video that led them into another video that led them into another one. Same thing on Facebook, but to a lesser degree. And if you plan it out, you can create something where you have a 15 second clip or even a five second clip or three second clip that leads them into other spots. And I'm always amazed on all those channels, how many times when we're running video ads that the video is completed, i.e. the person watched it for more than you know two minutes or the full two minutes rather, and then they clicked on the next step. I'm always amazed at how many people do that. Now, there's some more to it to kind of lead them to a sale, but if you're trying to create a presence like that, video like that all over the place with a coordinated effort and repurpose some clips, that's the best strategy I could offer at this moment in time. We've been talking with Marty McDonald. He is from Bad Rhino, and I love the subject of marketing and distribution, getting the word out. 
and I'd like to invite you to come back at a later date and follow up on this and see where we're going in the new delivery of video marketing. Everything is going video and everybody's doing it. I'd like you to come back and share with us at another date. What are the elements of a good video presentation? Marty, thanks for being on this serving of business soup. Absolutely. It was great. I appreciate your time. This has been another serving of business soup where business comes for business. I'm John Debevoise, inviting you to visit the website for more servings of what is best in business. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.